Well, it's good to see you guys this weekend. Welcome to Grace, and thanks for taking the time to be here and be a part of our services here online. I hope you guys have had a good week. Uh, it's nuts, right? All of us are going through this uncharted territory together. So I want you to know that we've been praying for you and asking God to give you wisdom and direction as you kind of sail through this with your family and your jobs and your school. And I pray that the Lord's been faithful in all of that. Uh, I wanted to give you a, a, a quick tool before we got too far into our conversations this weekend. And that's the app. And so the app is going to be the tool and kind of the portal uh, through which we're going to most easily communicate with each other over these next, uh, what I think is going to be a few weeks. And so if you don't have the app yet, uh, go out to where you get your apps and look for, search for Grace Ohio, download our app there. And that's going to allow you to do a bunch of things. For instance, you can follow along on our conversation this weekend. Uh, there's notes right there. You can listen to past conversations if you want, pull up other series that you might find interesting. Uh, there's a connection card on the app. So if you need to interact with the pastor or have us pray with you or just let us know something, uh, you can fill that out right now. Just do it now on the app and send that in. And then there's ways that uh, you can keep up to speed kind of with everything that's going on. So the app, the website, there's all kinds of stuff on there about connecting with each other, about uh, doing stuff with our food pantry, all that kind of stuff. Those, those online resources are the way that you want, you want to do that. And then, of course, I'm going to ask you to keep in mind your giving. So think of, think of this as an offering time in our service. And if you would be willing to give through the app, you can text to give. Those options are there and on the website. Or if you haven't set up your Gracelink account yet and started giving on a regular basis, uh, we'd be very grateful if you're able to do that, if you would do that and, uh, and continue to give to the Lord's work even through these times. So much of what Grace does happens outside of the walls of the church buildings and even outside of the Akron area, when you think about our missionaries and works nationally, and your faithfulness allows all of that to continue. So grab that app if you would and make that, uh, that a resource and the website a resource. And I think it's going to help all of us uh, stay connected, which is kind of my passion through all of this. We've said we're pausing programming, so especially that live in-person programming, we're pausing that, but we're pursuing relationships, and we want to do that. We want to do that through, through our, our times together online. We want to do that through your like, personal interaction, texting and things like that, and we want you to lean into each other relationally in, in every way. So I'm anxious to dig into something with you this weekend. So if you, if you got a Bible, grab it. If you don't, maybe grab one, uh, a physical Bible. If you have one there near you, open it up. Or this is all on the app. Uh, you can look for that as well. And uh, we decided to, to take a break from kind of our, our normal series that we wanted to do. 
And uh, I wanted to take us to a different part of scripture. And so what we're going to do here for the next few weeks is we're actually going to hang out in the book of James. So if you find the book of James, uh, turn there. If you're not sure uh, where to find that in your Bible, use the, the table of contents in the front. It's in the second part of the Bible in the New Testament. And I wanted, to, I wanted to spend some time in the book of James for a few reasons. One is because James is my favorite book of the Bible. And since I decide what we're teaching on, I decided to go with my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, so that's a big reason. The second reason I like the book of James and wanted us to hang out there is because James, the, the person, is such an interesting uh, person in the scripture because he's actually the brother of Jesus, right? So Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary, his earthly father, Joseph, but Jesus was conceived through a miracle of the Holy Spirit and then born of a virgin. But then Mary and Joseph uh, got married and they went on and had kind of a, a family. And so Jesus had siblings. We know that from the scriptures. And James was one of his kind of half brothers. So Mary and, and was James's and Jesus's mother, but then Joseph was James's biological father and Mary was his biological mother. And James is an interesting guy because the Bible tells us that his faith in Jesus being God was something that wasn't kind of fully cemented in his life until after the resurrection. So Jesus or, uh, would have died, given his life, and then rose again from the dead. James would have possibly witnessed that, certainly known about that, and then would have been involved in his mother's life and Mary's life. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to James later on, talked to him, and James thought of him as his Lord and his Savior as well. And so he, he had this kind of unique path to believing that Jesus is God and, and trusting him in that way. The other reason why I like the book of James and why I, I kind of chose this for us to set up in for the next few weeks is because the book of James was written to a group of believers that were scattered, the Bible says. So what had happened was a lot of Jewish people had converted to Christianity. And when they converted to Christianity around Jerusalem, they, uh, they underwent a lot of persecution. So to escape that persecution, they had to scatter to different parts of the region. And James writes this letter to them. And he helps them to understand, in part, how do you function as a church when you can't be together, right? Now they're undergoing persecution. We're not being persecuted. Uh, that's not what's going on. We're not being persecuted for our faith, but we're going through a trial. And part of the ramifications of that trial is we can't be together like we normally would. And so James, when he writes his letter, he kind of gives that instruction. And he says, hey, when you're not together, Here's some of the trials that you might face. Here's some of the temptations that you might face. And as a group of believers, 
this is how you would navigate those times. Okay. So if you got your Bibles, open them up. But you may even want to get like a pencil or a, a colored pencil and and take notes right there in your Bible. That's that's what I do. I'm always marking my Bible up some way or another. And we're just going to work through this book together and see what God has to tell us and how that might affect us kind of directly given the uniquenesses of our circumstances. So look at it with me. James chapter one, verse one. This is the way that James starts the book out. He kind of addresses it. He says, James, a servant of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is reminding us that James believed his own brother was God. And then he says it this way, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. And so you might underline that word scattered and circle it. That's what I did. That's who he's writing to, this this group of Jewish converts who became Christ followers, who then scattered among the region. And he's going to talk to them a little bit about how to interact with each other. So the very first thing that he does is he helps the church orient themselves, so to say, about what they're going to face and how they should process what they're facing. And, and we talked about this a little bit last weekend, but I want to touch it again here because it's right here in the passage. So verse two, chapter one, book of James, this is the orientation that he kind of gives to the church. He says this, he says, consider it or count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I underlined the words pure joy and I circled the word trials. So consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Another, word, another way to think about the word perseverance is by thinking of it as endurance. So James says, listen, when you go through a trial of many kinds, anything from the trivial to the tragic, anything in between there, count it as a joy because it, it gives you spiritual endurance. It builds up your spiritual muscle or your faith muscle. So it's a good thing. A trial is a good thing in that way. It will cause or produce perseverance, then it says this, let, that's verse four, I circled that word let in my Bible, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James looks at these folks who are scattered all over the region and he says, listen, this is how you orient yourself to these difficult times. You count it as joy because it's going to build up your spiritual muscle, your faith muscle. Let that happen because as that happens, you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. One of the things that's true about trials, that's not always true about blessings. Trials bring out the real measure of our faith, right? When God blesses us, when he gives us something materially or, or makes something wonderful and easy happening in our life, we'll praise God, give him credit for it and all those kind of things. But when we do that, people will tend to look at us and say, well, yeah, if that happened in my life, I'd be happy about it too. 
A trial is different though, because when a trial comes into my life and I allow that to be counted as joy and I allow it to mature me and complete me, it's going to illustrate the true measure of my faith. It's gonna show me where my faith actually is and what it's like. And it's gonna show the people around me what my faith actually is and what it's like, right? So when we're scattered, if, if church is just a social network for us, that's gonna fade away when getting together is hard, right? If, uh, if tithing, if giving financially, if that's just, a, if I got extra, I throw it in the basket. If that's all that is for us, if it's not a spiritual act of worship, then it will just go away. It'll cease because it gets hard to do that. If God's love for me, if my trust in God's love is based on God doing for me what I want him to do, then I'll measure his love incorrectly because good things aren't happening instead tough things are happening. And trials will demonstrate all of that. The Apostle Paul kind of reinforces this perspective in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He says this, he says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a eternal glory that far outweighs them all. They're not just something that we just have to put up with or being a Christian's hard or having faith is difficult. Paul echoes kind of what James says. He says, listen, there's value in this. It's achieving for us something of eternal worth because our faith is being tested. And if we allow that to happen, it will bring about blessing or maturity or eternal reward in our lives. And then I love what James does. He goes on in verse five and he tells us kind of this, this amazing truth about God in verse five. And we talked on this a little bit last week. He says, hey, listen, when this is going on, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you, right? So when I'm not sure how to find joy and I'm not sure how to let perseverance or endurance finish its work, I can ask God and he will lead me through that and help me with it, right? So James is helping these folks who are scattered and he's helping them to get oriented about what to do and how to live and how to function during that time. And we talked about a chunk of this last weekend. And if you missed that conversation, go through the app and catch it online and listen to it. I want us to lean in to the next couple of verses here for a couple minutes though. So we know that we're to count it as joy. We know that it's difficult. We know that we're scattered apart from each other. And we know so far that if we lack wisdom, God will give it to us generously without finding fault. And then in verse six, there's a, there's a but, right? So verse six, chapter one, James, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. I circled the words when you ask, I circled the words you must 
and then I underline believe and then I underline not doubt. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not, and I underline should not, expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is, and I circled this word, double-minded, and I circled this, and unstable in all that they do. James puts this little bit of a warning in here. He's like, listen, guys, count it as joy. That's the perspective you want to have. And God's going to do this great work for you. Paul affirms that and says, hey, by the way, these light and momentary troubles, they're going to, they're going to, they're really going to benefit you. They're achieving something for you. If you're confused about what to do, ask God, he'll help you go through it. But when you ask, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That word doubt right there is, a, is an interesting word in the original language. And in the original language, the, the word that we use or that we translated to doubt, it's this idea of a conflicting loyalty. When I ask, I must believe and not have a conflicting loyalty. It's the idea that I, when I am going through a trial and when I'm going through a difficult time, I need to be as loyal to Christ as Christ is to me, right? I'm going through a difficult time. I ask God, he grants wisdom. He'll give it generously without finding fault. But I have to believe in who Christ is and what he is doing and even in his sovereignty or his control over my trial and not doubt, not be conflicted in whether or not I trust God or not. Because if I'm conflicted in that trust, I'll receive nothing and I'll become blown and tossed by the wind. Again and again and again and again in scripture, God says to us, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not forget you. I'm not going anywhere. You start in the beginning of the Bible, the Old Testament, go all the way through the end of the second part, the New Testament. And you're going to find that promise again and again and again and again and again. And God looks at us and says, guys, I'm in this with you. I'm not moving. I'm not walking away. And when you're going through trials, it's not because I'm out of control or I left or I walked away from you. I'm giving you an opportunity to be matured, to be completed. I'm giving you an opportunity to achieve for yourself something greater. And you got to believe that. And if you don't believe that and you won't trust in that, then what I'm trying to allow to be accomplished in your life will be lost. You'll receive nothing. And instead, you will be blown and tossed by the wind. I wrote this in my notes. I said this, Jesus is a unmovable presence in our life 
but we must choose to keep ourselves unmovingly in his presence. It's not that Jesus is going to come and go. It's that we're going to be blown and tossed and we're going to be lost in that mix. And we're going to doubt whether we trust God, whether we believe in God, whether we're going to be people of faith because the circumstances of the trials are going to be pushed onto us. I don't know if you've ever been in a boat where you've been blown and tossed by the wind. It's actually a very scary thing. Uh, years, and I, years ago, Heidi and I were on vacation with, um, with some friends and uh, we went up to Alaska. And uh, as we uh, went up to Alaska, we, we kind of wanted to explore a little bit. One of the things we wanted to do was go out and see whales. We wanted to uh, like see whales out in the ocean. And then we wanted to go where the, where the, um, the glaciers collapse into the ocean, right? So we hopped in this boat and it was about a four hour boat ride to go out to this spot where these whales were and where the glaciers would collapse into the ocean. And there was one point of it where we had to come out of like the inlet and actually go out into the, the Bering Sea to get to the places where the whales were. So we're driving out there and we're talking and we're having fun. Our friends and I are joking back and forth. My friend kept, he had binoculars. He kept looking and then he'd look at me and go, I found a whale. I was like, ha ha, that was funny. The first seven times you did that. I actually hate that guy and don't talk to him anymore. But we kept doing that, you know, and we're playing around. We're playing euchre and goofing off. We went out, we saw the whales. We, we actually saw the whale come all the way out of the water and crash down. It was incredible. And then we went out and saw the glaciers where they break off and fall into the water. And that was amazing. And we just had this great, great time. On our way back to the dock that we, we came from, uh, we were riding back and the weather turned and, and the, the seas started to turn and get rough. And what went, what, what was a kind of a fun, neat, like once in a lifetime experience started to get really, really serious, really quick. The novelty wore off and the, the kind of the reality of the situation we were in set in. As the seas started turning, the waves started kicking up and getting really, really big. And at one point, as we were going kind of up a wave, the wave got so tall that the boat came backwards. And when the boat came backwards, seawater rushed in. And when the seawater rushed in, it killed the engines. And every alarm on that boat went off, right? Well, suddenly you're, you're there and you're thinking, uh-oh, uh like what did they say about the survival raft? What were we supposed to do in case of an emergency? And the captain and the first mate are running around working in all this. And suddenly our ship, our little boat had about 25 people on it, had no power. And we're at the mercies of the sea and we're being blown and tossed, blown and tossed. And it went from this is a little nervous I don't feel I'm a little bit queasy in my tummy to I feel like I'm in danger and this could end in total catastrophe, right? Now our captain was good. 
She got the engines refired. Obviously, we got back safely. It's fascinating how life can work like this. And we're living this right now, aren't we? 14 days ago, we're not talking about the coronavirus that much. Life's kind of going on as normal. It feels like suddenly, suddenly the schools are shut down. Suddenly the restaurants are shut down. Suddenly the CrossFits are shut down. Suddenly the, you can't even get a haircut. And it's affecting our finances and it's affecting our work and it's affecting our church and it may even affect our health. And we feel like we went from something that was kind of novel, kind of interesting, kind of we're under control and suddenly we feel blown and tossed by the circumstances that we're in. Trials, see, trials. And James, speaking on behalf of God, would say, listen, there's, there's wisdom that will be given generously, but you must believe and not doubt. Jesus isn't God just when my life is going the way I want it to go. Jesus doesn't love me when he's giving me what I want. My faithfulness to Christ is greater than the circumstances I'm living in. I must believe and not doubt or I lose all the benefit that the trial is able to bring about in my life. As my maturity is exposed, see, as, as my opportunity to lay up for myself treasures in heaven, it's, it's achieving for so, something for me, is there when I doubt, when my loyalty shakes, when I look and say, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a part of the body of Christ, my life is dedicated to Christ, but now that it's tough, I'm just gonna do what I gotta do, see? that person should not plan on receiving anything, any benefit from this trial. So our faith's being tested, right? It's being tested corporately as a church and it's being tested personally. And we're all living it. We're all kind of in this same boat together. And Jesus might look and say, listen, there's an anchor and it's me. And if you will trust me and allow me to do this work in you, I will achieve something greater than you ever thought possible in your life, right? One of the reasons we gather together, even if, even if we're doing it through live stream like this, one of the reasons that we gather together on a regular basis is it reminds us, we remind each other of this truth. Uh, we do that through the teaching of God's word, through the worship, and then through the interaction with each other. And so when we're scattered, that reminder can be harder. We're isolated in our faith and we're isolated in our belief. And the temptation and the weight of the trial is felt in a different way. 
So I wanted to give us like some handles to hold on to about in this time of scattering, what can we do to reinforce each other's faith so that we're anchored in the way that God promises that he's willing to do for us? I I wrote down things like this. Um, I just said this, if you don't feed your faith, it'll fade. And so during this time when work is different and school is different and class is different and you're kind of home because we can't go to the movies, we can't go bowling, we can't play putt-putt, we can't sit down at a restaurant. How do I feed my faith during that time? One way is to connect with each other. Guys, send the text get on the FaceTime, do a, do a Zoom meeting with a Bible study or with your, with your life group. But do that extra thing, right? If we believe that that's valuable, then take the extra step. It's, it's more valuable than ever. It's just not as easy as it normally is. So take that time to build into each other and to push each other in your faith. Support each other If you have stuff that can be shared and you know somebody needs it, share it. It, 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 Share what God's teaching you with each other. Let that light up on on social media, not just our frustrations or, or the snarkiness of whether we think this is necessary or not, but share what God's teaching you and what he's teaching you through his words. Uh, some of the stuff I, I've loved seeing on social media, because I'm all over social media like you are right now, right? looking to see what you guys are doing. I love the stories that are being told of people blessing one another, of opportunities to serve someone, uh, of the small acts of godliness and kindness. Tell those stories like crazy. Tell the stories of, of how fun it is to meet your group online, how you're praying for each other and you're involved in each other's life and make that the highlight that's happening through social media. And then finally, I said this, let's make Jesus famous through this time, right? We talked last weekend that, that this is a time where we are to let our light shine before men. So it's weird. It, we can't organize a ton here at the church. We've got the, the food drop-offs and we're trying to let people know because we have people in the church that own restaurants, own businesses, and we're trying to let you know about that so you can frequent them as, as you're able. We're trying to do these resources together. But we can't gather everybody together. So it's kind of a fun exercise to say, how do we make our faith real? How do we make... Jesus famous through all of this, it's going to have to be through our personal interactions. You counting a trial as a joy brings fame and attention to Jesus through all of it, right? So feed your faith. Let's make Jesus famous. Let's not be blown and tossed by the wind. That just gets scary. But let's know that the the God of the storm is with us in the boat, right? And we can depend on that. And he is our rock. He is our hiding place. He is our refuge, even in this time of trouble. Love you guys a ton. I look forward to being with you like this. I miss you terribly. And so it's meeting online is fun. And so thanks for doing that. Love each other well, serve each other well. And let's, let's 
give glory and give fame to Jesus through our good deeds, how we love and how we go through these circumstances together, right? All right, I'm gonna pray with us and then the, the, the band is gonna uh, do another song for us so that we can worship together before we jump offline, all right? Would you pray with me right now? Just bow your head where you're at. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that we can interact with each other through the internet, Lord. Praise you for that. Thank you for this trial, God. Let, let us see the joy in it and the opportunity in it for you. And God, let us bring glory to you through all things. Make our faith stronger, mature us and complete us through this time. And do that as families, as, as uh, in, in marriages, do that as roommates and friends, and even in our community, God, uh, I just pray that you glorify yourself through all of it. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.